Well, good afternoon and happy All Saints Day to all those who celebrate. Welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. It's the 5 o'clock news cruise brought to you by Service Chevrolet. Find new roads with Service Chevrolet ro- located at 1212 Ambassador Caffrey in Lafayette. Glad to have them as our 5 o'clock sponsor. Go check them out see what they can do for you and your automotive needs. Now, I've noticed some things. Noticed a few things, and they don't make me happy. For example, I noticed that kids, when trick-or-treating, are going for the Skittles and the gummy bears and the sour candies over chocolate, over Reese's. That's just not right. It's not the way things should be. They should be going for the Milky Ways and the the Reese's and, and all those wonderful, delightful chocolatey candies instead of the sour candies and the gummy candies. Those, it's, it's just wrong. It's not, it's not right. I noticed that well before Halloween, some of our local retailers have already started putting up their Christmas stuff. In fact, I got a text from a family member not too long ago say, hey, if you see this at Walmart, can you go pick it up? And it's, it's uh, fleece-flocked nut cl- nutcrackers. I, I love nutcrackers. I collect them. I have a huge collection of nutcrackers at my house, but I don't want to think about them before uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, I, I, there seriously people who are like, Hey, it's the day after Halloween time to start listening to Christmas music. I, what is wrong? I, I don't hate Christmas. Okay. And I know this is a very weird topic to, to get off on a tangent on, but I, I, there's a point. Trust me. I don't hate Christmas, but it's still fall. It's fall. It's November. It's the month of Thanksgiving. Is the month where the air turns a little cooler. Granted, it'll be 80 degrees on Saturday, but for the most part, the air turns cooler. Things are just pleasant outside. It's a little more family-oriented time. We've had Halloween. We're going to have Thanksgiving. I don't believe in thinking about Christmas before Thanksgiving. In fact, as of 5 a.m., the Friday after Thanksgiving, that's Christmas season. All my, that's for the next 30 or so days after that. It's, and even after that, I mean, you believe in the, you know, the, the, the 12 days of Christmas start on Christmas. Uh, you believe in the, the 40 days, you go right up to Epiphany. All the, However you believe and celebrate your Christmas and Christmas decorations, that's fine. But fall, please just stop and enjoy the fall. It just bothers me. This is something I'm, I, I'm, I'm real. I've, I've been ever since I've been writing commentary of any sort, even going back to college and college newspapers, I've been writing about how I think Santa is nothing more than an imperialist overlord who has been systematically marching on every holiday, trying to take them over with his imperial black jack boots. His, he's trying to buy our way into our heart by his way into our hearts by giving us stuff he's basically taken over thanksgiving he keeps trying to move on halloween we see how we see christmas decorations being sold before halloween it's only a matter of time before santa sets his sights on the 4th of july it's not right just give it a break enjoy the fall you can put up the christmas lights later and see here's the thing i'm from natchitoches okay the most Christmas place in the state, possibly. 
They're already stringing up the lights on Front Street in Natchitoches. I know that they are getting ready to turn the lights on in Natchitoches. And it bothers, it's bothered me for years. I don't hate Christmas. I grew up loving Christmas. Grew up loving the Natchitoches Christmas Festival. The weekends of lights and fireworks. Enjoying the Christmas season. But please, just take a moment. Stand outside. Stop. Sniff the crisp fall air. And don't worry about the crass commercialism of that season. Not yet. Give it a few weeks, please. Anyway, 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation or you want to send a message through the KPL app chat. Glad to do it. Glad to chat with you guys about whatever. Lots of news to talk about. Uh, I want to start kind of with where I went yesterday. Now, yesterday, some of you might have tried to call in and you didn't get through. And the reason for that is simple. I wasn't here. Pre-recorded yesterday's show because I wanted to get home uh, before the crowds would start uh, walking around uh, my my neighborhood. Uh, I you know, live in Karen Crow, 6 to 8. That's trick-or-treat time. I would have been getting home between 6.15, 6.30, depending on traffic. Didn't want to be plowing through cro- crowds of kids trying to get home. So yesterday's show was recorded. Uh, appreciate Caleb Morse for coming in and having a nice discussion on uh, the main shooter. And in fact, there was it, th- what you heard was about half of our conversation. The full converse, uh, conversation is available in podcast form. If you get the podcast of the show, it's available there. Caleb and I had about a 30-minute conversation on the main shooter, and not even so much on the main shooter. Most of that news is out, uh, but... The issues surrounding it, red flag laws, uh, military veterans, mental health, all those issues that all tie into that. That's what Caleb and I spent 30 minutes talking about yesterday, and that's available. If you go look up the Joe Cunningham Show on Substack, you'll find that conversation there. And and again, special thanks to Caleb for joining me for that. Uh, A hugely important, uh, hugely important conversation. And the full thing is available online. You can go to Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. You can go to Substack directly and find it there. But I, I, I encourage you to go check it out because there's a, a lot that we discussed, and we couldn't fit it in the whole hour yesterday. But the, the first part of the show yesterday, the first part that I started talking about, you know, we're in this transition period. And I know you've heard Moon talking about it. He and I have talked about it a bit. And the way things are shaping up for Landry administration— I told you my concerns yesterday. If you mentioned, if you missed it, basically this is it. You can go to the advocate. You can go to some of these places. You can see the people on Jeff Landry's transition team, and he's got these committees set up for different, uh, for different uh, uh, issues. And the thing that bothers me, although it's perfectly normal, it's the way things have always been done, which is kind of the problem. But the way things are always done, if you were a donor, a big supporter, you were uh, you had a greater than uh, greater than just voting uh, support. If you were more involved in the campaign than just by voting, um, and you were a big donor, big supporter, you are one of the people on Jeff Landry's transition team. And the thing is, I know, I know that this is more about getting supporters involved and getting a lot of the state's big money in the Republican Party involved because you look at some of the committees like K twelve education. Who's the chairperson of the transition com- of the K twelve education committee uh, for Jeff Landry's transition? It's Eddie Rasponi. Eddie Rasponi is a big money donor, 
in the Republican Party. He's a failed gubernatorial candidate. He hasn't done much with education in the state. His name doesn't come up when you talk about education and education reform in the state. He's never really been that vocal about education in the state. But he says that's that's his issue. He told he tells Jeff Landry that's his issue. He gets put in the K-12 uh, transition committee. And you guys know me. You know education is something I'm really passionate about. I want to see the state move forward. But it's kind of hard to think the state's going to move forward if we don't have serious pro-education reform, pro-education advancement in the state of Louisiana. We don't see those people who are informing the governor on how to move forward on education in Louisiana. Instead, you get a big donor like Eddie Responde, one of the early guys to come out and endorse. That's a problem to me. Should be a problem to y'all. It, 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 it's something we should be concerned about. Because at the end of the day, Jeff Landry represents something that's very, very, very important. It's about moving forward in the state. I've, I've told you guys countless times that I'm not so much in the camp that John, Edward, John Bell Edwards has moved us backwards as a governor. John Bell Edwards and the state legislature have committed an even grosser sin to me, and that is they've let the state stay still and get stagnant. Nothing changed. Everything remained the same in the state of Louisiana. It grew stagnant. It started rotting. The rot is evident, more evident than it was under any other governor. And I worry that if you don't have the right people advising Jeff Landry on his transition moving forward, you don't have a chance for Jeff Landry to help move the state forward. Because Jeff Landry ran on issues that everybody is talking about at the given moment. He was talking about fighting back against John Bell Edwards. He was talking about crime. He was talking about law and order. He didn't spend so much time talking about government spending, did he? He didn't spend so much time talking about education reform in the state. That should be the tell. We know where his priorities are based on how he got elected. But now comes how do you fix all of these things that are a problem in the state of Louisiana? And I'm extremely concerned. If I see somebody like Eddie Rispone, who's a big money guy in Republican politics in the state, but also cost us the governorship four years ago. That concerns me. I'm not saying Jeff is lost. I'm not saying that, that this is going to be a bad thing. It's going to be terrible. I'm saying it concerns me. All right, I see a couple of y'all calling in. What I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to put y'all on hold because we got to take this break. When we come back, I will take your calls here on the Joe Cunningham Show, plus your calls, your messages on the KPL app, all that and more. When we return here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. But first, we do have our pest of the day. And surprisingly, the pest of the day, I'm going to mention John Fetterman, but it's not him. It's other Democrats. They're anonymous Democrats, people who are in some of these Democrat political organizations. We'll just say the Democratic donor apparatus, the activist apparatus, actually. They're attacking John Fetterman. Why? Because he's staying loyal to Israel. He's supporting Israel. He is posting, he's putting up the posters of the missing Israelis who were kidnapped by Hamas outside of his office. 
and he's getting attacked by his colleagues, by activists in the Democratic Party, activists showing up and having to be escorted out of his office. No, your J&J pests of the day are those people attacking John Fetterman, a, a broken clock and a really broken one of that, can still be right at least once, maybe twice a day, depending on if it's a, on what kind of clock it is. But he's still right. And it's these other activists who are, who are going after him for supporting Israel. They're the ones who are your J&J pest of the day, brought to you by J&J Exterminating, Louisiana's largest independently owned pest control company. Find them online at jjext.com. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPEL app chat. We'll get to those phone calls in the line in a moment, but I do again want to thank our 5 o'clock sponsor, Acadiana's number one Chevy dealer, nine years in a row. You should stop by, check out Service Chevrolet, see what they've got. They've got a huge selection. You can go check them out on 1212 Ambassador Caffrey. When you go to Service Chevrolet, you get it all, including new and used car sales, parts and service. They have a body shop and collision center. You get fine line custom auto. They have the wash there. I mean, there's so much for you to really take advantage of if you go check out Service Chevrolet. Stop by or shop online at servicegm.com. Service Chevrolet Cadillac, our family serving your family for the last 50 years. With Chevy, go ahead, find new roads. All right, let's go over to the phone lines now. Speaking of roads, we've got Chris calling in. Chris, what's up? Good afternoon, Joe. A couple comments yeah. in relation to what you had said a little earlier before the break. Um, first of all, I don't know Eddie Responi at all. Mm-hmm. And the second comment was our current governor, John Bell, his wife was a teacher. Yes. And for our education system to be in such a disarray where kids are coming out because no child left behind, they're not qualified for hardly anything. Mm-hmm. Some of them are, but some of them aren't. Um, who better than Ed Responis, a gentleman obviously been successful, people don't like people who are successful, but he's been successful, employs, as I understand, hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. He would know how unready the kids are coming out of school today to join the workforce. They don't have the skills. Their work ethic is poor. Of course, that could be home, things from home also. Yeah. But the work ethic is, is bad. Everybody wants to get to check on Friday, but don't want to do the work Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay with him head of education on that committee because certainly as an employer, he knows what is needed in the job force. That, so that's, Chris, that's a really good point. My only issue with that is that it takes a fundamental fix from within the system, which is not within the education system, which is not something that he has a whole lot of experience with. He knows what needs to come out of the education system in order to bring Louisiana up to par when it comes to a workforce. We have people, even though the ones who can be part of our workforce are leaving the state as soon as they graduate college, if not sooner. The problem that we have is that the system fundamentally is broken. And you mentioned, uh, you mentioned the, uh, the teachers and the teachers unions. 
you I've, I've mentioned it before. I spent nearly a decade in the classroom. Uh, I, I there are so many good teachers in the state, and and the unions have some power in this. They have a they have a lot more financial power in the state than they actually have power in the classrooms, to be honest. But the the power that the unions wield in in influencing a governor like John Bell Edwards, that's part of the problem. That's something that again. It, the system has allowed that to become a problem, and I would really feel more comfortable just on the education front if somebody who knew how to work within that system was advising Jeff Landry on that. Again, nothing against Eddie Responde. You're right. He is a very successful man. He has employed hundreds. He clearly knows what we need out of our workforce. But I, somebody who has knowledge of the current education system, that's what I would want to see coaching Jeff Landry in that transition. I understand your comment, Joe. However, we would differ there because what's been tried obviously has not worked if it was tried at all. Mm-hmm. So I think someone coming out as a newbie that doesn't have all the ties to, oh, this is the way we've done it. We've always done it this way. And none of that has ever worked. We need somebody with some fresh thinking and and don't go into that position asking for them to really tell you how to do that job. Oh, that and and that's not and I've I've got to I've got to go on that one Chris, but thank that that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying you need an insider somebody says this is the way it's always done. We've got to do that. What I'm saying is you need somebody who knows the system but somebody who wants to reform it but knows how the system is and how the system is set up. Chris, thank you very much for the call. There are some other callers on the line. We got to take this break. We got to get to our commodities report, but when we get back, take your calls. We'll get to some more of your questions, comments, the comments on the app as well here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. We'll get back to the phone lines in just a moment. But you can also use the app chat. If you do, make sure, because we've had a couple people who've sent uh, messages to general message, if you use the app chat, what you can do is make sure when you go to that app, just a little text message looking icon in the upper right corner. When you hit that, it goes to a little chat screen like a text message looking page. Make sure it says the Joe Cunningham show in the top. If it doesn't, tap on it and then tap on whatever it says, whether it says general message or whatever, and find my show. That way you're sending the messages straight to the show. Uh, PJ, all the way up in Bossier City listening notes that Landry better get a hold of these universities in Louisiana that are run by radical leftists. Man. It's true. We do have some uh, some fairly radical po- uh, folks in running our universities in our university classrooms. That is something that the next the, the, the governor, Jeff Landry, is going to have to get a hold of. Bonnie here in Lafayette uh, says, I have met Eddie Responi on a few occasions, know people who know him well. I do not see him as a liability for Jeff Landry's future education plans. I believe that whatever he touches will be better than anything than with past Louisiana governors. He made a terrible mistake in listening to out-of-state campaign advisors, but I truly believe he would have transformed our state better than Abraham could because he had no ties to entrenched politicos and the good old boys. Let me be clear. I don't think Eddie Responi is a liability for Jeff Landry. I think that there are... I don't think he'll he he may do a fantastic job at advising Jeff Landry. I, I don't know. I don't think he's going to give him bad advice. I just don't know 
that he's going to have any radically transformative ideas because he simply does not know the education system. But you're right. Whatever we have coming in is going to be better than what we've had previously. And I think that's a really important point. Anyway, if you want to send a message to the KPL app chat, go ahead. Meanwhile, let's let's go to the phone lines. We've got Paul on the line here in Lafayette. Paul, how are you? How are you, sir? I'm doing all right. What you got today? Uh, you know, considering the advancements in technology, there should be a way of supervising people uh, rather than uh, just incarcerating people. Uh this, this state had a huge number of uh, people who were incarcerated, and John Bell Edwards did it, did get it to go down. Mm-hmm. He released a bunch of now, them. I want to point out another thing is uh, there were about 100,000 people who died from fentanyl poison last year. Mm-hmm. That's like 100,000 death sentences. Mm-hmm. Now, if you can't get people to stop using drugs by half publicizing 100,000, how is the, the, the justice system going to do that? Or is it has its place in doing that? That's all I wanted to say. Well, thank you very much for the call. And, and that's a very tricky situation because criminal justice reform is something that ev- everybody at some level, they have this idea that, that, that we need criminal justice reform in some way. For conservatives right now, it's all about going back to law and order and starting to arrest the people that need to be arrested because we are seeing crime spikes. I mean, New Orleans is the deadliest city, one of the deadliest cities in America, and it has uh, it, it it all of the crimes. I mean, the 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 murder rate's gone down, thankfully, in New Orleans, but it's become pretty much an open market if you want to get uh, carjacked. In fact, the district attorney in New Orleans was carjacked recently. He was trying to help his elderly mother into a car, and he was carjacked at gunpoint. Um. It, it's it's kind of open season on carjackings in New Orleans, but part of the problem is a lot of these places are run by folks who have this idea of okay, let's only go after the really big ones and let's 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 push the the small ones aside. Yeah, we we have an overpopulation in our criminal uh, in in our criminal uh, jails. We we we're overpopulated in the jailhouses. We need to. We need to back that off. It is disproportionately affecting certain communities, and we're focusing all our resources on this and not enough on this. Well, here's the problem. If you aren't prosecuting the little things, they escalate and become the big things. They do. You see it time and again. A lot of these smaller crimes are just like lessons for learning how to get away with the big crimes. There is constant escalation there. And so if you don't put a stop to the small stuff, eventually the big stuff gets out of control like we've seen. The reason that we have these calls for a return to law and order is because we've let the small things get out of hand where they've become big things. You know, one of the things that was gotten away from in New York City was the broken window theory of crime. And to simplify it a good bit, the broken window theory is basically if there's a broken window on a property, it has to get fixed ASAP by the property owner. Because here's what's going to happen. If there's a broken window that stays broken, 
in violation of whatever ordinance, if there is an ordinance on it, eventually criminals are going to notice. It'll start getting noticed by, say, the homeless, and they'll notice that there's nobody there because they're not fixing the window. So the homeless move in. And as the homeless move in, it becomes a bed for drug trafficking and drug deals and all that stuff. And eventually more and more crimes grow in that area because of that one broken window. It's an escalating problem. And it all starts with the broken window that lets you know that a house is vacant. And from there, uh, the homeless move in, drug dealers move in. Eventually becomes it can grow into bigger and bigger problems. That's the broken window theory of crime and criminal justice. In New York City, when it when there were Republican mayors in charge, not all that long ago, they 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 fine-tuned criminal justice efforts on focusing on that. Now, a lot of folks on the left, a lot of of, of sociologists on the left, a lot of criminal justice experts on the left, criminal reform, uh, justice reform uh, advocates, they were all saying it's bunk. It's not really there. Well, then they stopped enforcing the rules based on that. And you know what happened? The crime started picking back up in New York. And that's what we're seeing. So the reason you have to turn back to law and order, the reason you have to start, frankly, prosecuting and arresting on crimes again is because if you don't do them for the little ones, the big ones are going to get out of control. So that's why the state has to focus on, and I agree totally, we don't want to overpopulate our jail houses. We don't want to spend a bunch of our resources just housing criminals indefinitely. But we really do need to start prosecuting tougher the little things so they don't turn into big things. All right, we'll take a break. We'll wrap up the show here on The Joe Cunningham Show. Back in just a moment right here, News Talk 96.5 KPL. And here we are wrapping up the 5 o'clock news cruise brought to you by Service Chevrolet. Thank you very much, Service, for being our 5 o'clock sponsor. Your 5 o'clock news cruise taking you home. And this, this afternoon commute is almost over for a lot of us, but still plenty to discuss Some breaking news and some very sad news. If you're a college basketball fan, Coach Bobby Knight, Bob Knight has died. Age of 83 after a lengthy illness. Here's how a columnist at Yahoo Sports has written it. He was brilliant. He was a bully. He coached some of the most perfectly disciplined basketball ever played, then acted undisciplined in his own life. And that pretty much says it all. Uh, Bob Knight was a, an incredible coach, but also incredibly controversial. He won multiple men's championships, uh, last of a certain breed, absolutely. Just really kind of tragic. Um, once upon a time, he did give this quote, and I almost hope they follow this as like his dying wish. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want them to bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my, well, you can finish the system. Uh, Finish the the sentence. That was him to a T. Rest in peace, Bob Knight, absolute legend of college basketball. Okay, so before we go, Speaker Mike Johnson, the uh, the Daily Beast, an extremely leftist, an extremely leftist uh, publication, has written this about Mike Johnson. Mike Johnson doesn't have any retirement savings, own a single stock, or have any assets at all. 
He has less than $5,000 in his bank account. He's got a $250,000 to $500,000 mortgage, a home equity loan, and a personal loan. My God, the Speaker of the House of Representatives is like a lot of us. He's not rich off of his governance. He didn't get rich by going to Washington, D.C. Now, he's probably got some other things that aren't in those public disclosures, but still, that's the level of attack they're going to bring against my oh well he's clearly not financially responsible he doesn't he doesn't come he doesn't have great control over his money and that's bad if you're going to be no they're they're attacking Mike Johnson with all of this ridiculous stuff because they've got nothing the oppo research on Mike Johnson is not producing a whole lot that they can get him on and it's frustrating the hell out of the Democrats and some Republicans God forbid and I I'd if I'd had more time, I would have gone into this. But God forbid Mike Johnson wants to uh, reduce. I mean, he wants to not only put spending one issue at a time in a bill like this, this Israel aid, but he wants to make sure it's paid for. I don't know if you've heard this. This is hilarious to me. The Democrats are upset because Mike Johnson put forward a bill to aid Israel and wonder of wonders. He didn't tie that to the border and Ukraine and Taiwan and a ton of other things. No, by God, he said we're going to fund Israel and he's cutting extra appropriations to the IRS to pay for it. My God, he wants to make sure that we have the money that we can spend. Wow. How incredibly novel. He wants to make sure that there are cuts to offset what we're spending. That doesn't sound very financially irresponsible, Daily Beast. But alas... That's all they've got to attack him with. But even Mitch McConnell's not happy about it because he wanted all that aid tied together as well because Mitch is a big spender too. All right, let's take a 23-hour break. We will be back tomorrow. By the way, you're going to catch me early here on News Talk 96.5 KPL because I'm filling in for the big guy himself, Moon Grafon. I'll be here all three hours for the Moon Grafon show. And then just when you think you've had enough, I'll be here a fourth hour at 5 o'clock tomorrow, 23 hours from now. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter, Facebook. You can find the Joe Cunningham Show Be sure to subscribe to the Substack uh, for the podcast version. Talk to you guys again real soon here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.